Hi, I'm Jason Mefford, and you're in the right place to start transforming your career and life with this podcast. I've been in the trenches as an executive leader, and now I'm an executive coach and confidential advisor to executives all over the world. I use a multidisciplinary approach to improve learning that drives transformation by getting to the root cause in a practical, no-nonsense way. I love learning and sharing what makes people tick. You get both education and entertainment, since learning shouldn't be boring, right? But that's enough about me. This podcast is a combination of intuitive leadership, neural influence, and mental mastery to take your career and life to levels you've never thought possible. If you're wanting to improve yourself, develop stronger relationships professionally and personally, make quicker, better decisions, and become a more effective leader, then of course, this podcast is for you because you are going to learn how to manage emotions in yourself and others, avoid burnout, stress, and anxiety, master your mind, get people to listen and take action, and become a lifelong learner. And when you do that, You will have a positive mental attitude, executive leadership presence, and the skills to know exactly what to say and do in any situation. I'm glad you're here. So, let's get started. Hey, welcome everybody. I have a very special treat for you today. I've got my friend, uh, Tracy Marquart, with me, and she is Europe's leading audit communication consultant. And um, I think when you hear her talk today, you're going to realize she's not just Europe's leading audit communication consultant, but this lady has something that everybody throughout the whole world needs to listen to. So Tracy, welcome aboard. I'm glad to have you here. Hey, Jason. Thanks so much. What a great introduction. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it, it's true. I mean, as, we, as we've talked a few times, because we've known each other now for four, six months, something like that, right? Yeah. Had a yeah. couple of communications. It was, um, yeah, very apparent that because it's um, so much of of what we're doing is actually kind of on that same vein. And so I want to give you just an opportunity just to kind of explain to people a little bit about your background, maybe, and and how you're helping um, internal audit clients. Well, internal auditors, when you throw the word client in there, right, it makes it seem like it's something else, but yeah. Yeah. So I'm passionate about working with um, internal auditors around the world and I help them communicate their key messages clearly, concisely, and persuasively as they travel around the globe because while there's less travel at the moment, but you know, for the last 10 years, they aren't sitting around in their offices or in their home countries anymore. And there's so much globalization my background is a CPA, so I'm from Canada. And back in the day when I passed my exams, it was called Chartered Accountant, and that's what actually what I studied at university. I went to the first school of accountancy in Canada. And now we're CPA, so we're a little bit more like the US, Chartered Professional Accountant. And I worked for one of the big four for several years, and then I went to um, internal audit at one of the Schedule B banks in Canada, so that's a foreign-owned bank. And then from there, I went to the States, and then I came to Europe 
so I'm based out of Europe right now, but I'm actually kind of got one foot on both continents right now. <laughs> and I started uh, teaching training and then consulting with internal audit in 2005. And I think I've trained somewhere around 3,500 internal auditors on how to communicate their key messages to get more impact and to get action taken and more cooperation and those kinds of things. So it's very exciting. And, um, you know, I do it because I was an internal auditor. Um, I believe in what the mission of internal audit. And I think that internal audit is, you know, ideally positioned to facilitate positive change in the organizations. And I want to help them do that through their communication. Because ultimately, I think we can change the world with positive communication. We can. In fact, that's, that's one of those things where we're like so closely aligned, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's funny because... Um, you know, and we'll go down probably a couple of different paths, but I, every so often I'll just kind of, I'm going to stop here and kind of remind people of what they just heard, because I think sometimes it kind of glosses over. So if for everybody that was listening, Tracy has been doing this since 2005, that's 15 years, folks. Okay. You don't, you don't stay in this industry teaching thousands of people if you're not good at what you do right? So, so I want to, again, tell everybody, listen to Tracy. She knows what she's talking about, okay? And so, so maybe we can get in and talk a little bit about communications, because that's one of those areas that I try to harp on with auditors. But a lot of people kind of, you know, they, they, they sit up and they do the little, ah, you know, well, I communicate well, what do you mean, right? I can write a report. But Maybe let's talk about communication a little bit because at least in my opinion, most of the auto reports kind of suck <laughs> you know, from, from, a, from actually communication perspective. Um, so maybe talk a little bit more about the difference between just writing a report versus actually communication. So I think, you know, I've seen thousands of audit reports, whether they're from, you know, the companies that I work with or their case studies that are written in the courses that I teach. And there, there are patterns. There are things that are common in all of them and there are things that are commonly not done well in all of them, mm -hmm. I would have to say, right? So you have things like the IIA attributes for writing findings. Um, it's great when they're all there and I certainly preach that as something that's very persuasive in writing and it actually, helps you take your reader through the finding, take them by the hand down that, that golden path, you know, where you can persuade them to say, here are the facts, but it's not just about the facts. This is the potential impact or these are the potential benefits if you do something. And uh, getting them to writing, I would say action-oriented recommendations where the auditor writing has actually thought about the deliverables that they're going to look at to put a green tick mark beside this recommendation to say that it's done. So communication in this audit reporting format isn't just putting a lot of words on a page. You've really, you know, I think was it Mark Twain who said, I'm sorry, I didn't have time to write a short letter. So I wrote you a long one. Yes. <laughs> so I wrote you the long one. So, you know, it's, it's, all about the, it's all about the planning. It's all about the focus. It's all about your critical thinking skills. You know, I'm, I'm not con 
convinced that all auditors understand cause and how to identify cause and that they're actually they should identify cause or at least you know look at the do their five whys or that auditors really understand how to write risk statements and audit reports I and mean, i think we still have a lot of work to do there so um communication isn't just you know black and white words on a page it's thinking about how that message comes over thinking about the language one of the things i teach um, is that every word should add value mm -hmm. in your audit report and if it doesn't what do you do you take it out Right. And, and that's just the detailed part of the report. So when you get to the you know, executive summary part of the report, it's also really important to look at what do your stakeholders really need? Why do your stakeholders even want to read your audit report? What's in it for them? Ooh, and that's, you know, and that's an important question, actually, that we need to ask more, because I think most of the time they don't want to read our report. <laughs> Right. I don't and think they do either. I, I don't think they do. And and so I, I know when we were talking before, you you brought up kind of the comment or the the, the term of collaborative audit report writing, which, right. which which I like I like that concept. Now I know, you know, there may be some people that push back and go, Oh, but if I'm independent, then the report has to be exactly the way I think it needs to be. I can't get too much, you know. Uh, input from the audit client or I lose my independence, right? Which I usually say hogwash to that anyway. But but maybe kind of talk through what do you mean by collaborative audit report writing and how, how would that kind of look in an organization? So I think you can do it two ways. One of it is collaborative within the audit team and then the other is collaborative with the audit client, right? Mm -hmm. So for folks who shy away from even the idea of sitting down with audit clients and putting this together, you can still stick with your, we write the report in the audit team and then we present it to the audit client. Um, it can often be a very long and painful process. And you know, time to issuance is very important because you wanna make sure those risks get covered. And the longer you spend in this tedious back and forth review process within the internal audit team, and then you know the final report doesn't look anything like the original draft and you get frustration and all these kinds of emotions from the part of the the authors i like the idea of putting the audit team into a room together and maybe they bring their own drafts for their findings maybe not but typically through these silos writing silos i write my findings bob writes his findings mary writes her findings they go to the audit lead and then the audit lead has to put all these together take the time to review, make it cohesive. And that's a missing step quite often, to be honest, because they're under so much time pressure. Mm -hmm. They don't actually have time to go into everything in detail. And then that goes up for review, comes back, goes up for next review and next review and comes back. And it's just a, a vicious cycle, downward spiral. Um, so I like the idea of, of putting all of the auditors in a room and using some of the concepts from, dare I say, Agile, Mm -hmm. where you have one person in the room who's leading and it doesn't have to be the team lead. It can be one of the auditors on the team and you go through finding by finding because four eyes or six eyes or eight eyes are better than two. Mm -hmm. Right. And you start to say, wait, we didn't really get cause there, or that's not really a risk or that's a realized risk. So what is actually the risk if we don't fill the gap, that kind of thing, or is, is that recommendation really measurable or your sentences are all, you know, 57 words long. 
you start to see these things as a group, which you can't see on your own when you're writing. And this creates a more cohesive report. And to be honest, you can lock the door and say, okay, everybody, <laughs> <laughs> come out when it's done. Or in this virtual world that we have, you can set aside, you know, two hour blocks and have everyone focus on on these, these findings until they're done. And then of course have a separate session maybe for the executive summary. So there's that kind of collaborative, which gets it done and written quickly at a higher quality, consistency across all the findings, or you can then take it the next step, which I think we're not quite there yet as, a, as an industry, is to collaborate with um, the audit clients in terms of writing the findings. So that's a new concept that we're talking about and sitting down and saying, okay, these are the facts and agreeing the risks together and agreeing the right, you know, the recommendations or the actions based on your recommendations together and then having a report. Well, and, and I personally think that is the way that we need to go yeah. <laughs> in, in, in not just the long-term future, but, but pretty short-term, mid-term, we need to start getting to that point. Because as you were talking, it reminded me, um, a chief audit executive I was talking to, we were talking about report writing and some of the things that he'd done. He'd done some innovative things, you know, really moved what he had done forward from, you know, kind of the very traditional audit report writing when he took over to something that was, you know, much more enjoyed uh, by by the people reading it. Okay, that's an interesting word. Enjoyed. <laughs> well, as, as far associated. as no, but but it, but but some of the changes he had made actually provided them with inform better information, so they actually could do something about it. Yeah. Okay. And isn't and, that what's important? That's is the whole what purpose. <laughs> exactly. So when we when we talked about you know writing for the stakeholder. What, what do the stakeholders need to do with that report? What does the board want from that report? They need to know what they need to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so it's funny because we were talking about, like I said, you know, the progress that he had made. And then he came back to me uh, about a month, month afterwards because we talked a little bit about agile mm -hmm. and how, you know, if you take on a full agile approach in the long term, it's going to fundamentally change how we write the reports, how we how we do the audits, some of the stuff like yeah. that. So they went back and kind of as a, as a test case, they did it with, with this one audit that they were working on through this pandemic type time period, right? And he said, so we actually, we did it more agile based. We were writing, you know, kind of like the, the little mini reports every week or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, when we finished the audit, it was all done. He's like, I never even thought we could do that. I'm like, huh. Kind of funny, huh? Told you that to probably work. <laughs> so it's it's. I think that's one of those opportunities for us in the future uh, to be able to do that more. That that also, you know, it ties in more the engagement of the client as well, Absolutely. right? Because they're more invested in it. They they actually care instead of you just showing up with some novel that you've <laughs> written that's a hundred pages long and they're like oh boy I don't have time to read this right um, so yeah so I like I like that term collaborative well they're not vested are they otherwise no they're not yeah they're more worried about about you know the volume of findings and the rating of the findings and the rating of the report well and often it it almost feels like they're getting in trouble absolutely. 
right? When, when you, when you write it that way. Now to, to go back just briefly on, you know, what you were talking about with the, with the audit team kind of locking themselves away. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great idea, right? I mean, everybody should start doing that because, <clears throat> you know, as you said, usually the report is written by several different people. And so if you just stick it together, there is no cohesiveness to the report. There's no cohesiveness in the, in the way that maybe the, the findings or recommendations are written either um, because it's done by each group, but it also helps provide that QA portion that we're supposed to be doing anyway, right? Yeah. And I'm guessing too, it's probably quicker than the normal, you know, review notes and passing back and forth uh, kind of uh, that we've been used to as well. It's faster, higher quality, consistent quality. I talk about consistency a lot when I talk about uh, reporting of audit results. Consistency is is key. You know, it's that old concept of one face to the customer. You still have voices within, mm-hmm. um, but but your your audit clients when they get a report, they know where to look. They know the quality they're they're going to get, and they can see the professionalism of the team that went into it and the value that they're going to get out of it for the business as well as for the audit clients um, on that specific object, audit object. So, yeah. I'd like to see more do it. Some do it, some are trying it. I'd also like to see some clients try the collaborative with, um, um, or some audit teams try the collaboration with, with their audit clients. And I haven't seen a lot of it yet, but I have hope. Well, and it's, you know, for everybody listening, <laughs> You, you don't have to go change all your department policies, mm-hmm. but just just try it. Try some of these things once or twice and see how they work. You know, um, chances are you're going to be surprised. Like that chief audit executive I was talking to, he's kind of like, huh, maybe we'll just have to go this way going forward. I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> right? There is no growth without change. Yep. So so let's let's keep growing and creating. Very, very true. Well, I know, um, you know, you've got some other stuff coming up too that I wanted to make sure that we, before we run out of time, we still got time, but I, I wanted to make sure because I know you've, you've um, been in, uh, involved in kind of this women in audit leadership, which, so, so maybe talk about that a little bit, because again, that's, I'm not a woman, but I, <laughs> I don't know if that's a shock for everybody, no, right? Good to know, good to know. <laughs> but, um, but I think that, you know, again, there are some really kick-ass women leaders in audit that are out there. And I think, you know, that more, more opportunities need to be. Our profession has been driven too long by old men and having more women in active leadership roles is what our profession needs. Right. So maybe, maybe talk a little bit about that. Cause I wanted to be able to give that, that little plug out there too, for everybody who's listening. Sure. Thank you. Well, I'd like to actually tell you where my interest started or, or deepened maybe. Mm-hmm. And last year in 2019, I spoke at the GRC conference in Florida mm-hmm. and my topic was strategies and insights for communicating with the board. And at the end of my presentation, I asked 
if anyone would like to come and have some hot seat feedback, they could come in after the talk and tell me what their issue is with the board. And I would give them one thing in like two minutes that they could do differently to help them communicate more effectively with the board. And in fact, 85% um, of the people that came to see me were women. Mm -hmm. So I, so obviously after the fact, I started to reflect because, you know, I work with audit communi communication all the time and strategies and techniques and insights and you know, tips and do's and don'ts, the whole, the whole gamut. But I, I think that perhaps women are underserved in audit leadership and I would like to be more of service. So I started talking to um, Sheena Majetti, who you know recently left the Institute. And I'm going to be speaking at the Women in Audit Leadership Conference on September 16th. And my topic for that one is going to be influ influential communication strategies. And it's actually a breakout session. So it's, it's running twice, but it's a two hour breakout session where we're gonna talk about some of the strategies and then we're gonna actually break out and work with some of those strategies and come back together and then see where we go in the future. So for me, it's very, very exciting um, to actually be able to support women in audit leadership in this way. So we're really looking forward to that session. Well, and I'm, and I'm, I'm glad that you're doing it. Cause like I said, I think it is an underserved market. <laughs> Um, you know, I've, I've had similar things, you know, you said about probably 85% of the people that came up and asked were actually women. Yeah. Um, so I, I see it kind of in two ways, right? Underserved market. Yes. But also, uh, women are much better than men at, at, you know, sometimes, sometimes men. So, so I'll, I'll bag on the men cause I, I'm a man and I can do that. Right. You can. <laughs> Thank you for giving me they didn't, they didn't see me almost spit out my water when you said that. <laughs> but, but, you know, too, too much of the time men think that they already know it or they don't want anybody to know that they don't know. And it's, it's, a, it's a travesty for men, but I think women... Um, they want to improve. They, they want to do things different. They want, they want, you know, all of these things that we're talking about, like more collaboration, more, you know, all this stuff that, yeah. and there's been lots of research done, you know, companies with a higher proportion of women in board seats and in executive C-level positions perform better over the long term. Hey, I mean, it's, yeah. it's pretty clear and the, and there's a lot of reasons for it. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're that you're helping. I've I've seen more women from my my standpoint too actually reaching out, um, and it's an area where yeah. So if you can be on, you said it's the September sixteenth and seventeenth, and we'll try to include a link um, it down below too, so that if you want to participate in that. Um, yeah, the conference has gone virtual. So. Okay. Like pretty much everything has this year. Like so. pretty much everything has this year, but I'm really, I'm really pleased that so far it's still running because it's, it's, I think it's such an important topic. And this is the third year, I believe, um, that they've run it. So they've expanded it, um, or at least when it was face-to-face, -face, they expanded it to a day and a half. I haven't heard that, the, that that's changing or anything right now. So Okay, great, great, yeah. great. All right. Well, so Tracy, what else should we talk about? Because I know you know we've got we've got a few minutes a few minutes left here. I know you've done a lot of 
work with communication and report writing. Yeah. What what are what are, what's maybe something else that you know in our last little bit of time together to to impart some wisdom out to people. You've given them some great ideas for going back, rethinking a little bit about their their report writing, um, and and just try a couple of things. I know you've got some new stuff that's going to be coming out shortly too to help people more. Yeah. Um, yeah, they can stay tuned for that on audit report writing. Um, there'll definitely be some, you know, webinar made available to everyone and then um, a course coming out in the future. But the hot topic right now, I think, is persuading. And I don't know if you saw the the video that Richard Chambers did last week or so. So by I the did, time this airs, it'll I did, be I did not catch his month. video last week. And um, he talked about the importance of persuading for internal auditors and that's something that I've been, you know, preaching, I guess you could say, for some time now. And I'm running my webinar. By the time this airs, it'll, it, the webinar will have run for the third time already. And it's, it's a really about influencing without authority. Mm -hmm. And it's, from, from my perspective, there's so much that we can do with our communication to to help others. I, and I like the term ethical influencing because never do you want to manipulate or, or, or have someone end up with a negative outcome as a result of them being influenced by what you're doing. So you wanna show um, why something is a great idea in terms of your recommendation or in terms of getting documents, whatever it is. And um, yeah, so I look at it as not just identifying the risks, because I know that's really important. Um, but I also look at it as showing the benefits. I like to talk about, you know, the transformed world. So if you can help someone visualize the, mm -hmm. the, the transformed world that can exist, if they put these recommendations in place, if they take the action that needs to be taken, right? And of course, you want to be able to explain you know, the short-term pain that will get them to this transformed world, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but when people can see, you know, what is and what could be. So what is, is what you see, right? This is, this is classic condition from the IIA attributes. This is what mm -hmm. is, yeah? The transformed world, we don't often really talk about. But why, why couldn't we talk about what could be if you take these actions, mm -hmm. right? So definitely I, I like to incorporate some of these more marketing type concepts. You know, what persuades people? It's pain, it's pleasure, you know, it's pride, it's productivity, it's profitability, it's all of these. I have six P words for that. And I think I've only got five on the top of my head. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, it's like, and you, and you don't, you don't use all of them. You look, you look at the person that you're going to be um, communicating with and you say, you know, so what motivates Jason? You know, so if I wanted to persuade you to do something or influence, I might, I might think about what, what motivates you. Yeah. Because what motivates you may not motivate me. Although I do think we have some similarities in terms of, you know, taking the, the audit industry forward and to create and innovate. Um, and, and then just crafting your, your, your argumentation to, so that it resonates with the other person, so that it elevates everybody, right, with the solution. So that's, that's what I love about it. Well, and I like, I, I usually, 
use the word influence because I like, mm -hmm. you know, Bob Cialdini's work that he's kind of done around that. But, um, you know, whether you use the word persuasion, whether you, you know, call it influence, ethical influencing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that somebody else is talking about this now, too, because I know you and I have been talking about this for years. Right. Yeah. And maybe maybe some people are finally listening because it's always, uh, you know, surprised me. And, uh, you know, from one of the business coaches that I've worked with, he says, you know, if if and this is just talking in general, but apply it back to internal audit. He says, you know, if if you don't know how to sell and market what it is that you do, you will not be in business for very long. Right. right? And it's the same thing for our profession. You know, I think for so long, we've, we've kind of thought that, well, everybody needs us. No, everybody doesn't need you, right? In fact, I, I don't know the stats, but at least 80% of the businesses that are out there, 80% don't have internal audit. And most of them don't need it, right? Which again, <gasps> heresy, right? Uh, it but, is. But, but it's, <laughs> we, we are important, Right. And we are an important function, but we have to be able to understand how to sell and market what we do. And that's where the persuasion, the influence, the ethical influencing yeah. comes back in. Because um, you, you can't change the world if you can't give people that future vision and help them make a transformation. And the only way people transform is they have to take action. Yeah. No action, no change. Right. Ex exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think it's, it's super important because you can actually create more for the business. So, you know, when you, when a, an audit report lands on your desk and you're thinking, okay, so now I need more resources. I need more money because I have to put all these things in place and I, my staff is overworked and they're working from home now. And how am I going to get these things done? But actually if, if we also show them the bigger, the bigger picture, what I call the, the, the end of the value chain of internal audit, which is, you know, um, increased productivity, increased profitability, increased cost savings, increased risk awareness and mitigation. And for companies that aren't profit driven, then maybe it's um, the assurance of compliance. And, and in the end, you know, and you and I talked about this a little bit, is that really super helicopter perspective of um, that the business is on the right path to being able to achieve its objectives. Mm -hmm. That if in, internal audit can bring some of that insight to the table. So it goes beyond, I'd like to talk about things at, at multiple levels. So the be benefits at the level of the individual, mm -hmm. because it's actually in the end, it's an individual that makes the choice and not everyone is as altruistic as the other. Uh, the benefits for the Most team. of us are less altruistic than we actually think we are. Yeah, but that's that's, so, psych so, that's psychology. We won't get into that today. We don't have time for that today. Is the it's the it's the benefit to the, the the person that you're you know who who owns that who is going to own the results of that audit report when they take actions. It's the benefit to their department. It's the benefit to the organization. And for some companies, it's the benefit to the world and the environment because if you're a if you have nuclear plants or if you're um, digging aggregates out of the ground or if you're you know building where there are historical sites or birds nesting i mean it's it goes goes beyond just the immediate pain of the costs to get an action done so there's a ripple effect of what can be achieved
Well, and, and I like that ripple effect because I think that's, again, why you and I kind of get along so well because um, we see the ripple effect in what we're trying to do yeah. for the individual, <laughs> for the department, for the function, for the company, for the world, right? Because, yeah. um, you know, I know in my own little weird way, I think every every individual that we help to be better to be happier, to not live in so much fear and anxiety and frustration that ripples out to everybody else in, in their world as well, right? And so even still, as an internal auditor in an organization, we can have a positive impact you know, on ourselves, on other individuals that we interact with in other departments, in the organization, uh, in, a, in a whole, right? As you said, as we helicopter yeah. up and we start focusing on the areas that really are important for meeting the objectives of the organization, it's much yeah. more satisfying and fulfilling for us to do our job as well because we see that connection. We see how what we're doing is actually helping to literally change the world man, that's exciting. <laughs> it's really exciting. I'm like, think positive, add value, you know, stay positive, manage your state, get in there and, and create, innovate and, and, and for the business, but also for your team, for your department. So what can you do differently? This, this time, this challenging period that we're in is so perfect for internal audit to now say, you know what, we're going to try these things. Cause on, on some level, nobody's looking, right? You can't, you can't actually go wrong there, you know, so, so try. Yeah, if so, if something goes wrong, just blame, blame the pandemic, right? Oh, <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> but there's, there's so many things I think that um, audit teams can try and not have any risk, right? Or very, very little risk. You can always write the audit report the old way next time, right? Mm -hmm. You know, trying this this whole you know agile concept of daily standups or Kanban boards. I mean, you, there's no risk. You don't have to go and change everything on the back end. Just try it yeah. for this audit. Yeah. So. Well, and I think I think that's that's probably a good way for us to end. Is you know, like you said, and if you go back and listen to this again, you're going to come out with. I kept track was trying to keep track in my head, but at least four or five probably different things that you could try differently this next month or this next, you know, quarter, right? Absolutely. Just pick one or two of them and try it. Um, you know, if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, then again, you can always go back to the other, but it, it's always been kind of an oxymoron that, that especially now auditors are wanting to talk about innovation. And as, as auditors, we're not really very innovative. So if you want some innovative things, you, you heard some today, but yeah. if you actually want to be innovative, you've actually got to try some of them. You do. And they might not work out, but I'll, I'll bet you if you try two or three of them, one of them is going to work out and it's going to make your job a lot easier. It's going to make you a lot happier. It's going to provide more value to your organization as well. And there will be learning in everything you try. Yeah, there is no failure. There's only feedback is one of my favorite quotes that, yeah. um, you know, you don't have to be worried about it. If it doesn't work, then at least you learned. And next time you do something different. Yeah. To do that two millimeter shift and try something slightly different next time or whatever it is. So, 
Yeah. And sometimes that's all it takes, right? Exactly. So Tracy, thank you. Now, where, where's the best place for people to be able to reach out to you? Because I know there's lots of people out there that are thinking, how can I improve my reporting? Well, contact Tracy. <laughs> contact Tracy. Definitely. They can reach out on LinkedIn, connect with me on LinkedIn or my email. Can I just say my email? Yeah. If you want to go ahead. It's um, Tracy at qacommunication.com. It's Tracy with an IE. Okay. And I have a couple of websites. TracyMarkworth.com was launched this year. And qacommunication.com is my normal training uh, website and where all my blog articles and things are. So well, I know lots you've of got, good information. Yeah, I know you've got a lot of blogs out there too. So is that is are the blogs on your Tracy Marquardt or on the QA? They're on qacommunication.com. There's a lot of them on LinkedIn, but everything's on qacommunication.com. Okay, great. So we'll link all that up in the show notes too. So you can just click on the link and be able to go. But yeah, go check out her stuff. She's been around for a long time. She knows what she's talking about. I don't know how she's been doing this long because she's only 29 anyway, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, well done. Well, well chosen. Well, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> I, you know, that's, that's what I heard. Women are only, always 29 and something and men are what, 39 and something? I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. So, well, listen, thank you very much for the opportunity. It's been a real pleasure as always um, in um, getting together and chatting with you about the things we love about internal audit. About internal audit. And, and yeah, I mean, because I think both of our hopes is again, we just love these people. We love this profession and we're just trying to help and uh, make the world a better place. One person at a time. So yeah, that's it. That's it. Exactly. Thanks so much, Jason. Thank you, Tracy. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you enjoyed the most about the podcast. And you may even be featured on a future episode. When you're ready to turbocharge your leadership development, Join the Briefing Leadership Program, where you get access to everything in one place and can interact directly with me in the group. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to C-Risk Academy's video on-demand learning platform at ondemand.criskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you will also have access to hundreds of video on-demand learning opportunities. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.